It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> 6.5% was it? Is, is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round-by-round round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like, what a time to be alive! I, talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast. I am Chris at Lifeforce, joined virtually by Anna, Anna Forsyth at e 3 We're brought to you by Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. And as always, during the life of a pandemic, we are virtual, not in a hot box. Although, my den is getting a little warm. Yeah, not in person still, but um, I also feel that I'm currently wearing shorts. It's gross outside, but it's not necessarily cold inside. So No, and I mean, we've had some uh, good weather, obviously, which in Vancouver is a blessing come spring, because normally spring is when we get some good weather mixed in with rainstorms. We haven't had too many of the rainstorms, just a day of rain. Uh, but I've been in shorts since like December, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I forgot that you're like that. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Hmm. It's very West Coast, that's all. Okay. But uh, yeah, we're we're here to talk about all sorts of things. One of the things I actually wanted to chat to you about, and our listeners, of course, um, is that uh, it's been a while since uh, we've had a, a review here on uh, on the podcast. And being that we are the longest running Canucks podcast, we've also made the claim that we're the best mediocre. And someone pointed out to me, like, how can you, how can you say that if people don't tell you that you are in fact the best mediocre podcast out there? That's true. We need a way of measuring it. So reviews. Reviews. I mean, how how do you, how do you drop a review? Apple podcasts, Castbox, um, podchaser.com. That's another place you can go. Um, or just go to rate this podcast.com slash C4 podcast. 
click that link and you'll be able to go and drop reviews um, wherever. You can tell us the show's great. You can tell us the show's bad. Um, we both sort of had a play on that. You you said good or bad, five out of five stars. Five stars, it sucks. I'm right? fine with that. I, and I, I had sort of said, if you love us, give us five stars. If you hate us, give us five stars and describe why those are five stars of hatred. Mm-hmm. But don't don't be like Trevor Nickname, who said yeah. we are the worst. Which was rude and have I mean, all that's, feelings. That's fine. We can be the worst. But give us five out of five stars because if we are the worst, that means we're the best at being the worst. And therefore, we're a five out of five star podcast. Also, we want more detail. Yeah. We like want every, you know, at least five reasons why we're the worst. <laughs> there we go. Five reasons why we're the worst. Uh, Clay uh, had actually said he was kind of upset that he wasn't around uh, when that review was left. It was actually only a few months after he left the show. So maybe it was just a strong Clay supporter who was so angry that they felt the need to to express those those feelings. Because I think Clay's departure happened months before you joined full-time, right? Yes, I'm hoping so. And I hope it wasn't just a reaction to me starting on the podcast. Mm. But, I mean, could a Clay supporter be that, um, you know, negative? I don't know. That would I, be I, a weird situation it, it, it's possible i mean they, they would they'd probably have to give up their membership in the uh good looking canucks positivity club mm-hmm. right speaking of which um how's that clay meme treating you <laughs> i enjoy it i, I mean it was just when canucks twitter needed some something <laughs> good and it was good yeah and i, I he's He's putting it to use. I mean, he's not the only one, but oh, like you look at Clay's timeline and it's like every third tweet is the smiling yeah. thumbs up from, from Clay. And he's also had some fun. He did a one in his car where he was doing the thumbs down while still smiling. But, yeah. uh, but no, you're right. It came out at, at a point where Canucks Twitter needed something to rally behind and, uh, and Clay provided. Yeah. Happy it's Clay. I think how does that quote go? You, you're you're either um, you die a hero or you live long enough to become a meme or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Because Clay can never be a villain. Let's be honest. No, no, he cannot. Um, but uh, speaking of villains, um, we are not going to get into uh, a particular topic um, in in specific detail. We're not going to really get into what that is, but. In the F word segment of our show. So probably in about 30 minutes time, we're going to be talking about a very sensitive topic. And for, for some of our listeners, it may be one they, they choose to avoid. And I, I, I completely respect, um, why and, and for what reason someone may wish not to listen, but it's a topic that both myself and Anna felt was important to address, um, from a, a place where, we can help learn and inform. And I think it's become apparent for those of you who have been listening to our show, the two of us don't shy away from, from difficult subjects. Yeah. And I think we should be explicit in our trigger warning that we will be discussing sexual misconduct mm. in the F word and the F word will have its usual intro. So if that's something that you want to, um, move around. That's totally fine with us. Um, but we thought it was important to discuss. Yeah. And because 
that topic is one that we know um, some of you may may elect to to avoid for for different reasons. Um, we're going to switch things up a bit. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about reviews at the start of our show. And it's also why I'm going to give a shout out to one of our newest patrons, Marcus Meyer. Marcus is signed up for the C4 weekly newsletter, which isn't weekly. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, he signed up uh, as a patron of our show and uh, is, again, one of the, the newest members. And it's his support as well as the support of all of our patrons that help us uh, make this show happen. It covers the cost of hosting, the cost of the virtual solution we used to broadcast with. Um, essentially, it ensures my wife doesn't pull the plug on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we really appreciate you guys for supporting us um, in whatever way you're able to do that. But yeah, our patrons are just fantastic. Thank you. And if, if that's something you would be interested in, in getting involved in, why will you get access to instead of the anthems, our, our podcast pre-show that you and I live stream Anna and I live stream uh, dependent on your support, which again, that one just starts at a loony, a buck Canadian a month and get access to that. Uh, we've got OTR off the rails. You get shout outs um, at the top level which is just a tenner a month, get all of that and we will send you a handwritten thank you note because again, it's that level of support that helps us do what we do. So again, to find out more, go to patreon.com slash C4 podcast and uh, we'd be happy to, to discuss anything if you have questions about it or not. So with all of that uh, out of the way, let's, uh, let's rewind the clock a little bit. I'm trying to think when we were recording our last episode. The Canucks had just lost to the Senators, right? Correct. Um, so I think we only had two games between podcasts because um, we recorded on a Friday and a Monday, um, rather unusually. <laughs> so we had a win and a loss in there. But yeah, things started bad and discontinued along that trajectory. It, it It's unfortunate because after those performances that we saw Vancouver um, sort of get against the, the, the Maple Leafs, there was this, this air of possibility. And then they ran into the sins and they had lost the first one, but then won the second one at home. And there was this belief that, okay, Vancouver could do some crazy stuff here. They're a well-rested team air quotes mm-hmm. and uh, had all these games in hand but they had lost on the Monday to, to Ottawa. It wasn't a horrible loss. We just wasn't an exciting game of hockey. I mean, the best way to put it, like it wasn't like the Canucks got blown out. Um, they were in the game ish. It's just that Ottawa <laughs> sort of let them be there. So fast forward to the, uh, the Wednesday and yeah, uh, Vancouver, not in that game. Senator smoked them. Um, yeah. Turns out two thirty start times don't agree with the Canucks. I mean, we know why it is. Um, the Leafs playing later that evening, so even though the Canucks not just the Leafs, it was Toronto, Montreal. Oh, so like, yeah, that's exactly. The- so that's the you know pinnacle of Canadian mm-hmm. teams. But yeah, f- playing at five thirty Eastern when you just got to the East, I know. Like clearly, I'm sure the league would say, "Beggars can't be choosers." We push back your all your games. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what you get, but I'm not saying it would have changed massively. Don't get me wrong here. Like, I'm not saying, oh yeah, if they saw a normal time, they would have like hammered the sense, but 
It did yeah. underline it, the ridiculousness a, of it, right? Yeah, it was a tough game. And I mean, the Senators got a goal two minutes in. That sort of set the tone. Um, they then proceeded to score a couple more early in the second. It was like, bang, bang. The puck had just dropped when Tierney got his. And I don't think they'd even announced his game when or his goal uh, when Norris scored to get the third of the game. And uh, from there, it was sort of game over. Myers, you know, was able to bring them back. And uh, from there, sort of, that was it. I mean, the Vancouver Canucks gave up a goal shortly after Myers is to, to shove on. That was all she wrote. I mean, it went back and forth and Sutter got some garbage time goals to make it six, three, as opposed to six, two, but yeah, it never felt like pulling uh, their way back in or anything. No, not at um, all. Um, we, we also saw uh, Zach McEwen drop the gloves with Brady Kachuk because apparently the Canucks and senators need at least one fight a game. Yeah, that's like one thing I'm getting really bored of. <laughs> I mean, what the one fight a game when you're a Vancouver Canuck team right now, or yeah, I mean, or just the just, Ottawa Senators and Vancouver Canucks? Well, both. Um, I don't know. It's just a boring kind of narrative, and it does like make you look kind of pathetic when you're a team that keeps losing and fighting each game. It's not like you can argue your having any sort of benefit around that. True. The, you know, I, I, I sort of, I get the idea if you feel you need a spark, like, I think this has sort of been a, an NHL thing. You need a spark. You go and you ask someone to dance. I mean, that's, that'll never disappear in the game. Even if the culture of the, the game shifts, I don't think that, element so long as fighting is permissible will go away however when we get into the uh the toronto vancouver game the following afternoon that's a whole different story like we're not even two minutes into the game when wayne simmons is deciding to go and challenge alex edler to a scrap alex's first fight in his prolific NHL career is against Simmons. And this is the type of fight. Like I don't get it all. I mean, I, the staged fights, the, Oh, it's a, whether it's a fair hit or not, or what have you, we need a fight. I don't get it. Oh, no. I mean, I think it just adds to the narrative of Adler being this goon, according to Leafs Twitter, um, I mean, he's well, a not just Leafs man. Twitter, Leafs media too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it isn't Leafs media, just media. Yes. Yes. We, it's only us that say Leafs media this way. <laughs> it's because we have yeah. Vancouver media. We differentiate. Yeah. It's just all fights are stupid. Let me put that out there. That's my opinion. <gasps> I realize that's not everyone else's opinion. Um, but all fights are stupid. But when you're beating up Alex Hedler, like, that's particularly stupid. The, like, against a know, team that's fell to rock bottom of the standings. There was, I mean, a variety of conversations on the topic. Um, whether it be the code, which uh, are more like guidelines. And actual rules, but 
there was argument. There was like, oh, there's never been a code in the league. I've never heard this called a code. Uh, you've got others. It's not about uh, teaching Edler a lesson. It's about showing your team that you've got their back. Really? I mean, if that's the case, why doesn't someone go out there and challenge just about anyone, beat them to a pulp? Because you can, because that shows, oh, hey, guys, I got your back. I just went and took care of this problem. Well, yeah, I don't know if you had um, Yannick Hansen's radio spot on the topic, but... I, know, I did not. I, I did see a, a short quote, but I didn't actually hear what he had said. Um, so I caught some of it. He, the basic idea was, you know, back in the day, like, the Edler fight would never have happened because, like, Juice would have stepped in or mm-hmm. um, Lapierre, maybe. Um, which I get, but the response to that to me, I was just like, that's equally stupid. Like, yes, I don't want to see Edler in a fight. I'd rather see Biaxo, who knows what he's doing, a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't love that either. Like, the code, it's still about the code and, you know, an eye for an eye type Ooh, thing. There are those who will tell you there is no such thing as a code. I mean, I look at it this way. There's totally a code. It's just whatever you might want it to be. Not you specifically. Um, there are unwritten rules. Like, why is it? Why is it in the NHL that a player who gets hit fairly, just a big explosive hit, that there is a very good chance that a player on the ice is going to come and grab you and toss gloves? Mm-hmm. There's no code. I mean, there's nothing in the rule book that says, okay, if this happens, you have to go do this. It, it, it's it's ultimately about you do this and there is a cause and an effect. And I just, yeah. I mean. I, I grew up on it. I mean, I, I've taught, we talked about this. I just, I'm okay if it goes away now. Yeah. Like I get there's a certain, you know, tribal thing. There's a, just this primitive primal instinct. To, and it's great to see, you know, teammates stick up for each other. Like, I love that instinct too, but you do just get these players that just repeatedly do that and they don't get punished or they might get fined, but they don't get big suspensions because NHL player safety be that way, um, full of old enforcers. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you have one of the, like, Brian Whitney giving that interview... um, Saying, oh, yeah, like, if you got yourself in the corner with one of those guys, uh, then you're asking for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy in charge of discipline is victim blaming. Exactly. And it's so troubling. And then those players keep doing those things. And then you get stuff like what Tom Wilson did tonight. And it's yeah. only just happened. And I've only seen a very short clip. So I, like, don't know the context around it. But we do know that he is one of those players like if i okay and on the topic of going into a corner if i put myself at risk you know that that's on me i get it i put myself in a bad position but that doesn't give opportunity for someone to then take advantage of it like if you deliberately cause harm because i'm in a vulnerable position you know that's a you problem yeah i need to think about protecting myself but i need to trust that the system will equally protect me 
And that's the the problem that I have with sort of way the, the league views this. Like the Edler suspension, I had no problem with it. We talked about this on the show. I don't think either one of us were too upset about the issue. I mean, he hung his leg out. I don't think it deliberately went to go and, you know, skate through. It's just, he's done it before. We've done this. It's something, you know, it's, a, it's not, he's not quick enough it's to careless. react to the game anymore. You know, careless. Like, yeah, you need to live and die by that sword. But that's what the system should look to protect other players with. And unfortunately in the NHL, far too inconsistent. If there was a positive from a 4-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Cole Lind got himself into the starting lineup. He did. And, you know, we've been calling for it. Canucks Twitter have been calling for it. People who pay a lot more attention to prospects than you or I have been calling for it. And just seeing the interview afterwards, you can see how much it meant to him and mm-hmm. how hard he's worked to get into that spot. And, you know, it's been a rough season. He hasn't been the last, what, month. He's just been... There was the Comets COVID outbreak. He broke his nose and then yeah. taxi squad membership. You know, um, it's not been the best season for him or anyone else, but it was good to see him get in the lineup. Plus, and he was put into the lineup to give the team the best chance to win, which apparently he wasn't able to do earlier on in this road trip. Yeah. I mean, do I buy that wholeheartedly? No, but it's kind of what I said last um, episode that I do think it is worth getting a look at these players and just like, not from a point of view of, oh yeah, they're going to change the game, but more just like, why not? Rotation wise, it might actually work because (laughs) before he came in, it wasn't working, was it? Oh no, it wasn't at all. I mean, it, 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 The, if there was any indication that the Vancouver Canucks were needing to hit the reset button, it was those losses against the Sins in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Like that was, the wind came completely out of the sails. Yeah, mathematically, they still have a chance, but that's all it is. It's just math. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are missing the playoffs. Very yeah. bold statement from me. I know. I mean, <laughs> in fact, as we're recording, it appears that Edmonton is helping them with that uh, that goal as well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, by scoring goals against the Canucks. Um, Yeah, I mean, as you say, technically still a possibility, but also technically Manchester United have a chance of winning the title because they didn't lose (laughs) their game against Liverpool. That's true. (laughs) The game got abandoned. But Manchester City are winning the title. Canucks are missing the playoffs. These statements are happening. We're just, you know, waiting for it to be confirmed. Going off the rails, I actually started reading into why um, the, the Man City or sorry, Man United supporters were, were so up in arms. I didn't realize the Glazer family leveraged a crap ton of debt to buy the team yep. and placed the debt on the team. I mean, you and I should go buy a team if we can go and do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. In terms of percentage wise, like the amount of debt you can have like to buy a football team rather than purchasing a house. Like it's ridiculous. You, uh, but that is a thing they do. Um, the Glazers might be the worst, um, worst well, people they, at doing that. But like the Cronkies who own Arsenal and Colorado Avalanche oh, no. and 
the Rams, they are putting no money in and just taking money out. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't see it ever let's changing. Go, so let's go buy a team. <laughs> I'd like that. Um, back on, on track though, Vancouver Canucks followed up that four, one loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, with a very, you know, stellar loss on the Saturday, uh, by losing even bigger. It yeah. just, it felt bad. Like Demko came back in the net and I'm not going to throw this on Thatcher. He just got absolutely no help. Um, it's the Vancouver Canucks are, they appear to just be going through the motions. Yeah. I mean, Travis made some comments after the game that, you know, to do with star power and, you know, hashtag I miss PD. Um, mm. You know, we don't have our version of Matthews, but geez, like, I'm sure PD would make a difference. He's a game winner. Like that is, he is, has star power, but he can't <laughs> like rescue this team by himself. There's um, a lot of shaky parts there. And I think you're right. They cannot seem to be leaning a bit more towards playing um, Holtby rather than Demko, but I would guess it's more to do with showcasing him than anything. <laughs> yeah, it, it ha- would have to be. Because I don't imagine they want that contract on the books next season, or if it's going to be on the books to be sort of leveraged as, Hey, this guy's available. If you need someone. Yeah. I mean, it's a dangerous game to play. Like the more, um, defensive holes the Canucks have, the more spectacular saves Holtby gets to make, but mm-hmm, also the more goals he may let in. So. Yeah, double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Vancouver Canucks uh, lost themselves four straight games, and uh, they're appearing to do their best to lose a fifth tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. It's currently one nothing. They won't have a whole lot of time uh, in between games to practice, but just like all the greatest hockey players, um, they're never going to quit practicing, and they never quit to practice their skills to improve their game. And frankly, you shouldn't be any different. ICBA trains thousands of workers every year on everything from Excel spreadsheets to excavating trenches, from personal leadership skills to construction estimating, from fall protection to effective management skills, and 500 other courses. Online, on-demand, webinars, and even COVID-safe in-person, ICBA has an option for you and your busy lifestyle. Start climbing the corporate depth chart by sharpening your skills today Check out icba.ca slash courses. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty of heat and play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200 point players, and we've got to find a way to score. Kicking off half full, half empty. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks face the Edmonton Oilers three more times. And the Winnipeg Jets on the Monday. I don't know if we'll record during or after that one. Um, but uh, what's the over and under of the Vancouver Canucks getting one win in four against the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> I see one win happening because. What? I Connor's going to w- score like 12 goals a game. He'll set like a modern he day. He doesn't and- score against the Canucks. We keep him quiet. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the Canucks, like, if they had any quote-unquote easy games, there were the four games against Sens, that didn't work out. It's rough go- going the rest of the way. But I still see Canucks winning one. It'll just be one game, and I'm... I don't want to say they're going to lose the 10 other games. But well, I think they're going to lose the majority of the 11 remaining games. Yes. The thing about the Vancouver Canucks, and we look at their schedule, is that these games don't mean much considering the North Division. I mean, yeah, you could argue that Edmonton and Winnipeg are, are jockeying for position, and I there's truth in that statement. And yes, Calgary still sees itself as an... Uh, uh, a we got a chance team, but their chance is only slightly better than the Vancouver Canucks who are a, we got a chance team and they don't even have a chance. So things could shake out that the final four games of the season matter. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're pretty close to switching their taxi squad for the current squad. Um, anyway so I don't know how much difference it would make and I don't know how much value there is to be like calling up Utica players and having them sit through quarantine so I think just for the most part it's about like getting their conditioning in getting their playing legs back under them because I think it will be you know we'll have to take the positive of the fact that the NHL wants to play out all 56 games and use it to like you know, show some recovery, but other than that, yeah, yeah I, they won't have much to play for. And that's, that's the, the real difficult thing is that taxi squad is about the only group that can sort of factor in, in, in past years, we would probably see far more of the, the sort of black aces that you would have in the playoffs factor in because there would be no playoffs, mm-hmm. um, but obviously the pandemic, Throws a big wrench into that. And then injury. Um, I don't know. Did Sutter dress tonight? Um, I don't believe so. Because um, I did he, see that he, he had a, wasn't on ice this morning. Yeah. And I don't think he took a warm-up. So unless something changed between warm-ups and going on the ice, I don't believe so. So. Yeah. So, I mean, injuries are already bringing in taxi squad members as it is. Um, it's just a, it's a real uh, tough spot for, for the Canucks to be in. And... Um, for next season, if we were to start looking beyond, uh, they'll be without Nikita Triumkin, who uh, signed a two-year deal in the KHL. I mean, chatted with the Vancouver Canucks uh, ever so briefly. Um, are you sad about this? Um, no, not really. I I don't think I'll miss the discussion about what player Triumkin could have been. Like Bobby Orr. <laughs> like Canucks fans love. Uh, sort of thwarted um, potential and like it's kind of Schrodinger's defenseman Mm. (laughs) but we saw him as a NHL defenseman he wasn't quite there yet like maybe if he'd stuck around um, maybe if he'd been happier like maybe if circumstances were different sure but like he hasn't lit up the KHL so I'm not too fussed about Right, what no. amazes me is the number of people who are upset about this. Like this is a player, as you pointed out, didn't really have an impact in his first few seasons with the Vancouver Canucks or first couple seasons. Um, did he have two? I mean, that's 
Was it just one? Cause I know he didn't want to go down to the, uh, the a and ultimately yeah. pieced out on the team, but, uh, you already have indications that the player believes they're better than they might be or are. We mm-hmm. can argue about that, but you know, not the consummate professional or team player you'd probably want on your roster Two, um, bringing them in for pennies on the dollar. If that's what, like the, uh, we don't know what the number is, but the argument was that, uh, the, well, depending on who you listen to, the team either offered Trampkin what he wanted and he just chose to go elsewhere, or the team didn't offer Trampkin mm-hmm. what he wanted and he chose to go elsewhere. Because again, it, Todd <laughs> Diamond, I think his agent, uh, had claimed he that the drives Canucks, a hard bargain. Yeah, here's what the Canucks offered, and it just wasn't within range. And then you have uh, Jim who's saying, we gave him what he wanted, but he decided to go elsewhere. And the thing about Jim, we know Jim will give players what they ask for. So yeah. it's hard to see diamond saying that this wasn't the case, but diamond also then dropped this that, Oh, well we were kind of there, but unfortunately, you know, Jim wanted to deal and he just wasn't able to get it done for reasons, mm. which would have been some shade at the powers that be above Jim, right. Jim yeah. Benning. I mean, but ultimately, you know, purse strings is tight. We know that's the case, mm-hmm. but like, we also know that, Jim Benning is not a competent negotiator. So this is what I want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that it? You sure you don't want more? Oh, well, that case. Yeah. You know, it's like essentially doing a deal with Jim Benning. It's kind of like going to grandma's house where you go there for dinner and she's constantly just trying to give you more. And you're like, no, this is enough. But grandma's like, no, no, here, take some more, take some more. That's Jim in mm-hmm. negotiations. That's a good Jim's analogy. Yeah. I mean, do I blame people on Canucks Twitter for wanting Nikita Trampin to be better than he was? Not at all. Like, the defensive situation is poor. Could we use um, solid and physical defensemen? Yeah, big time. But mm-hmm. I don't think Trampin is it, guys. Like, <laughs> well, e- even if he was, again, purse strings might be an issue, but... I can imagine the Vancouver Canucks will be able to find a serviceable defenseman who is reliable and affordable that they can plunk in to the bottom portion of their lineup. I had this one in Detroit. Hmm. You should maybe uh, float Jim a, a note, see if he's interested. Might be able to get him for good value, maybe just a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just un- unfortunate. Again, if you were a big Trounkin supporter, that's great. I just, I, I think, and we saw this sort of in C4 Discord, when the the planets of Jay and Sean align. Yeah, that's when you know something's wrong. That's right. And uh, just uh, on that note, neither one of them is was really too upset or, or worried that uh, Trounkin wasn't coming in, even from a perspective of like asset management. Like this isn't, this, like I don't fault Jim. In fact, good on you, Jim. Good on you for not overpaying. Or good on you, Frankie, for not letting Jim overpay. <laughs> Whoever I have to thank. Yeah. Oh, man. Travis Green apparently may or may not be working out a deal. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be news that they're talking. Like, hopefully they've been talking a while. I'm hoping they're getting closer together. Um, yeah, you saw, like, Friedman saying that, yeah, they're talking, but... Yeah, it doesn't seem like 
they are like I think Friedman said they're pretty far apart, right? Um, mm. And honestly, I think that's another thing that seems to have united Canucks Twitter that the Canucks are lowballing Travis big time, and we're not going to go over it too much because we have discussed it at length. But like, that is where your value is. The, I can't remember who it was on Twitter that floated this. Was It might have been Taj. It might have been someone else. But they're like, Seattle's going to go and sign Travis Green, Ian Clark, and they'll offer Sheet Petey. Yeah. And that's how one know that they aren't so good. They aren't so nice. I mean, if there, if there is a team that is in a position, I mean, maybe not the best, but a team that's in a position offers you, it's Seattle, their cap implications right now, not a problem. They've got all their picks and they're in a position where they can go and collect a few more with teams that might want to go and work out some, some side hustles and side deals. Again, I've said maybe this in the, the past extent that Vegas got it. Offer sheets are fun, but the Kraken can settle down, you know? Well, I'm not suggesting that the oh, no, Kraken are going to do this. They haven't actually done anything yet. <laughs> but imagine if that's how they make their splash. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, good. I mean, they finally paid their dues. They paid their last bill. Yeah, they can They can make deals now. They are an official team. Um, they're still being sued, I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that that's by the bar? By the, the sports bar. bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. That'll get settled. Yeah, I don't imagine that will be too much of a distraction. But well, and I think if I recall reading correctly, the bar is suing the Kraken because the Kraken were going to open up a sports bar at Climate Pledge Arena. I think it was at that practice rink. If I'm to understand, oh, okay. Um, but they were they're essentially opening up a Kraken bar, and the Kraken bar was no Kraken bar. Yeah, friends at. Um, sound of hockey. So yeah, I think they're just going to rename it. Honestly, um, that's probably the easiest easiest route. But yes, there might be some, you know, settle yeah. deal. And then uh, maybe not uh, not empty, but more full. The Botchford project is in full swing right now. I got to see pictures of Arash, Clarissa, Lachlan, uh, J. Pat was sharing them. Um, Apologies to Clarissa, who, <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't J Pat have taken like more than one picture. So actually, share? he did share a picture afterwards that has okay. Clarissa with her eyes open. I mean, I have been in that situation a hundred times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've said this a bit on IOTA. We, it's great that it's going ahead. It's a shame it's not in ideal circumstances when the games matter and you're allowed. Mm-hmm in the dressing room, but like, you know, um, it's great to see Botch's legacy continue and all the people helping out with it. Um, that's yeah. great. The, you know, I, I got to listen to the questions they were asking, obviously very intelligent questions. Each one of them is going to be writing, um, a, a piece on the, on a team or a topic. And then it gets published if, for, if again, you weren't aware of what the Botch Project um, allows them to do. Uh, essentially, connects.com will will help broadcast and, and share their piece. They get paid for this, if I understand correctly. It's yes, not they like do. it's they, volunteer. Like, it's full you know, on like. It's a professional writer experience. And let's mm-hmm. not forget that friends of the show, David Cordurelli and Chris Faber, are both previous Botch Project 
kids, as Quad said, <laughs> which obviously is a bit rich <laughs> coming from him. But yeah, so it's a really great initiative. We ever going to see a Botchford project uh, application from you, Anna? <laughs> no, I think I prefer to like spout my nonsense in a verbal form than a written form. Well, your written form is quite powerful. Thank you. I mean, I am a writer, but so I hope so. But it's you know fiction based. It is, mm. and this is too strange. <laughs> Stranger than fiction this Canuck season. So. See, right there, like, like that, boom, witty, intelligent. So funny, yeah. And funny. Canucks, like, aren't ready for me, that's the problem. I, okay, that might be true. <laughs> However, I believe not only in you, but what you'd be able to go and put together, and it would help, like, move, like, it would just open eyes, it just, boom, blow things up. You would set the bar high. Yeah. And I the just- bar is already up there, I mean, there's some. <laughs> Like a do, do a piece writers. about like how would um, Frankie Corrado fit into this current Canucks team? <laughs> okay, tell you what, if if you were to go and apply to the Botchford Project, you just have to apply for the next next time around. I will ensure Frankie Corrado gives you another shout out. <laughs> wow, those big promises! I'm currently being bribed. <laughs> um, I'm not above bribery. And I'm not about being bought myself, but I will look. That's all I have to do. I mean, you no do I, know the way to my heart clearly. Mm-hmm. See, um, but yeah, I, I do look forward to to Raj Kalersa and, and Lachlan's uh, work. I, I don't know um, when it'll come out because in in sort of the past season, um, when obviously the pandemic, or I guess season and a half ago, so pre-pandemic. Uh, those who wrote were at different sort of games over the course of the yeah. season. This one, they're all there at once. So I don't know if they're all going to have their, their I thought you know stagger it and, a little, but I don't know for sure. But like, it's just, I, as far as I know, it's, they're just at this game, like they're there for two day. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the storylines that they're looking to, to, you know, sort of draw or, or the stories to be told will be, but uh, I do look forward to uh, to reading all about it and um, potential future guests here on the C4 podcast. Yeah. I say potential because, I mean, two of the three have their own podcasts. Yeah. I don't think Clarissa has one, does she? Um, no, um, but potential future guests if, you know, we don't know what their contracts are and the exclusivity well, clause. So let's mm-hmm. look into that. Yeah, we should start signing uh, people to exclusivity clauses. You are exclusive friends of the show, only with C4. Exactly. Boom. Next time, you know, PJ drops on, like, you know, Donnie and Dolly or 650, we'll just get our lawyers involved. Yeah, we definitely have lawyers. Yeah. Um, we're going to take ourselves here a short break um, as we let off the top of the show. Consider this uh, a potential trigger warning for the next segment. But you are listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com in the Full Press Coverage Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He liked to say the F word. Who oh, gonna get the f here then? Okay, see ya. He's going to have the F word on it. I wish I could give you a explanation about it. I can't. You, 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 out of here. You called me the F word. Considering the news that broke late last week, um, Anna and I had sort of felt it was important to talk about the subject of, of sexual assault and harassment, um, specifically of, of women. Um, but, but at the end of the day, um, assault and harassment that happens far too often, far too frequently. And I'm, I'm going to be straight up. I wasn't completely aware of how prevalent this issue happened to be. Um, in fact, I was looking at the statistics and, and these were actually based on 2014 numbers, which as you can appreciate in 2021 are potentially a little out of date, but one in four women in North America will be sexually assaulted during their lifetime. One in four. And that got me thinking, do I know four women? I do. I mean, just in my own family, I know four. And I, so that means I know quite more than that. So quite likely if the statistic holds true. And again, the sample is completely the same. I know at least one woman who has been sexually assaulted in our lifetime. But then I think about this even further. And that means I know that there are likely several that have experienced sexual assault. That's experience. That's not will. Like yeah. I'm not predicting the future. And the sad part is, is there will be those that, that will. And I, I just, when I read that statistic, it shocked me. Yeah. Um, sadly I have to say it doesn't shock me. Um, I would think it would be higher. Probably is. Now, um, if you really talk to your female friends um, about this subject, and again, it's really tricky to talk about, I'd be shocked if they didn't have a story, even if it's not a story of sexual assault. It's a story where they had a, where they felt really uncomfortable. Um, they probably have several. Um, during the pandemic, yeah, I don't really have any stories because I haven't been going out in public, but I would say... Situation where I feel uncomfortable due to the actions of a man in public. Yeah, that happens far too frequently. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to get too in depth or anything, but yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely 
doesn't shock me that the numbers are like that. Um, fortunately, it's a far too regular occurrence. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point, you know, whether you or, or, or those, you know, have experienced this, it, it is very real. Um, in fact, it's the only violent crime in Canada that hasn't declined over the years. It's in fact increased. And there's this somehow this belief that, oh, you know, it's not reported because it doesn't happen. Well, no, that's actually far from the case. It's often not reported because of the, the burden of proof that is placed on women and the fact that they're forced to relive the, the terror mm-hmm. and the, the experience and have to do that multiple times to simply go and provide what may be sufficient information. Um, or like I, I was reading this story where, and it's, 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 it's actually taped where a conversation where a woman went in to report a, a sexual assault to the police here in Canada. And the officer actually asked this question. Are you sure you didn't put yourself into this position? Yeah. How does that even apply? Like, I'm sorry. That doesn't, Oh, well, I'm so sorry. You, you dressed the wrong way or you, you put yourself in the wrong position like that. Yeah. That upsets me. It's crazy. Um, I mean, this was mentioned on Twitter today. I think it was Georgia um, was mentioning this. Um, but to understand this idea of consent, you also have to understand that women have to be in a position where it's safe to say no. Like, you know, if you, if they're in a position where saying no puts them in danger, that's not consent. Um, consent can be revoked at any time. Um, and it's an ongoing process, not a one-time thing. Um, I mean... I kind of like the idea that consent's pretty low bar. Hold out for enthusiasm. Like, um, but as you said, there's a real problem with the legal system. It's not just in Canada, it's in the US and the UK and I would guess all around the world and with the way it's um, investigated, the way that victims are dealt with, you know, because it takes so much to get a woman in, like, in a position where she, like, feels like she, you know, can report it. And then to get that to even the next phase of a charge is really difficult. And law enforcement should be, you know, dealing with it sensitively and trying to make that traumatic process as smooth as possible. But unfortunately, that's not the reality. I just read a book. Um, if anyone is interested, um, it's called Missoula and it's about campus rapes in the US. But it does apply kind of quite widely to this idea of how sexual assault is reported and investigated. So um, it's a difficult read, but worth doing. The topic of consent, though, like I, she had asked, um, during sex education, where you taught consent. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't know. I actually don't think that topic came up when I went through sex education when I was in school. Um, if it was, it was the simple no means no, which it does. But that no means no is, is actually not black and white. And that's the problem I feel that there were mm. that many sort of um, walk to. Well, if you don't say no, 
then how do we know? You yeah. Know, the absence of, of a no is like, not yes. Like there, and, and you know, you would, you, you shared this. I think she did as well. You know, it can be explicit. It might not be. It doesn't have to be. It can be withdrawn. In fact, if you're in a committed relationship, no still applies. Yep. Like it's, you know, and it it, it is a topic, you know, I feel that, and I'm, I don't know how to articulate this well, but these are the conversations that need to happen early on in, in our lives. It has to be, you know, open. Um, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting, you know, women who have, who have dealt with this trauma need to tell those stories. No, I know some, some choose to, and where they choose to share that story lays entirely with them, who they feel the audience should be is entirely with them. It is not upon me or anyone else to go and take that story and retransmit or rebroadcast, which is another issue that we saw take place over the course of, of the past week where a story was shared in what was understood to be a safe place. Yeah. And I would like to think the person who took that meant well. Sure. But yeah, but that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't, that's not, that's not permission. I mean, and this is, let's talk about consent here. Yeah. There was none given. So ultimately it's almost as if you're forcing someone to relive the assault. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much trauma surrounding, um, victims speaking their story and, um, really needs to be dealt with sensitively and it should be their um, story to tell and in whatever manner they see fit. Um, but you're right about having open conversations, you know. Men should be having these conversations, you know, with their children, with their friends, um, and just make it... There's just this huge taboo around sex, as a subject and that kind of extends unfortunately to consent and all those discussions when really like that should be at the forefront and the idea of shame it's what keeps victims silent um and just increases trauma so if we could get rid of that idea of shame and that idea of taboo it would be um a huge step forward the, you know, thing that, that I, I struggle with, I'll be honest, is not knowing what I can do to help. I mean, I have a, I have a four-year-old daughter. I mean, I'm already upset that I have possibly done or not done enough to change the world today and on may not have enough in me to change the world for her. Right, like these are things that I growing up didn't understand. I had a sister. I had a mother. It wasn't a conversation that took place. I I I I'll be straight up. I don't know if either one of them experienced this in their life. I don't it's not a topic I need I feel I need to go and ask them. Like I just I, because I'm in this weird place. Do I want to know? I I don't know. But then really should I be the one asking them? Like should like, this is, this is the situation I'm in. I'm, and I think there are many out there who are, are in this position like me. And so I sort of think, well, what can I do differently now? Like if I see something, it's the say something 
If someone tells me if one of, you know, it's the locker room conversation that somehow, Oh, it's the locker room as if that is make, makes things permissible. It's not like, I feel like I need to speak up that I, I can't simply ignore. I have to explicitly challenge that mindset. But I, I also recognize that I have to challenge the victim blaming. Yeah. Like we saw over the course of this weekend, far too many people. And I sh- I'm not shocked by this. Far too many people drop the, Oh, well let's hear both sides of the story. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but till it's proven in court. Oh, okay. So we'll blame the victim here. I, you know what? The, the numbers actually speak to the, if it's shared, it is quite likely true of those that go to court. It's, it's a difficult thing to prove our court system isn't well adjusted to handle this type of case. And on the criminal side, it is not the balance of probabilities. It is without a reasonable doubt. And that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like I just, yeah, it's obviously it's so difficult. You can't like be in people's bedrooms or wherever. So, um, it's a very difficult one to deal with. Um, I mean, people throw around this innocent till proven guilty, which is, um, I mean, just follow Sam Chang on Twitter. You'll know that that's not, that's a way oversimplification of a legal standard. And yeah, from reading this book, um, I will say that they had to start telling police officers to believe victims and then lawyers would pull that apart saying oh well they're starting off from believing the victim and it's like well do you turn up to a house and so that someone says they've been robbed and you say but did you leave your like house door open did you leave your jewelry on display you believe the person (laughs) that they've been robbed until there's a reason not to hey i could i could dance in my front window with music Throwing hundred dollar bills in the air. And if I get robbed, well, people will suggest what Chris did may not have been the best. The person who's broke into my home and stole my money, even if I left the front door open and took it has committed a theft. Mm -hmm. And to your point, the police are going to go and pursue that. The court system is probably more than likely going to convict. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, we're not comparing like women and no, but the fact objects. remains how it's the system is structured that something like that, where all of these quote unquote excuses or reasons are provided. It, it, there's, it's not a, it's, it, it's a sign of how unlevel the system is. Um, you know, there are so many systemic barriers in place that prevent those who are, are most vulnerable from accessing. And I mean, I'm not going to suggest it's not a problem here in Canada. It truly is. But we, we look at how in United States, there've been examples where the court said, no, not that bad. And then, yeah, that's the idea that even when the court does convict and, you know, find these people guilty that, you know, it happens that, they get off with very he's, light sentencing so as not to, you know, quote. He's a man of good moral character and yeah. we don't want to get in the way of his, I'm sorry. 
just like the amount of trauma they've caused to their victim is just very secondary, it seems. I just, I, I challenge, you know, our listeners to, to educate themselves on the subject. And I actually going to qualify this. I'm, I'm positive. There are, are some of you out there who know this subject well, because you have lived it. And that, that is, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't know what to say other than that. I, I, it's just that for those of you who haven't, it's difficult for us to go and suggest, well, we'll put on their shoes. We can't, we don't, we can't relive that trauma, but we need to better understand the facts, understand what it is that we can get involved. Like I, I actually, when I saw this news break last week, um, I hit Google. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more. Um, the site that I actually have, have, you know, read up on is canadianwomen.org, which is the Canadian women's foundation. Um, it's one of many, and I, I'll be very honest. I don't know if, if this is the best resource, but it's a resource to start from mm-hmm. and how, you know, the only way to affect change is really for us to, to again, recognize and, and challenge the, the victim blaming that takes place. Allow the survivors to know that the, the assault is not their fault. How we have to go and affect real change by addressing these barriers that are in place with our legal system and ultimately hold those who, who committed the assault to account. We cannot reinforce that this is by any means. Okay. And that's not any one particular issue. Yeah, I think I'm sorry. No, the key is you're right. The key is education. The key is, you know, challenging, um, attitudes and it doesn't just mean about like when the actually the topic of sexual assault comes up it can be any kind of attitude that isn't that sort of targets women in any violent way or um misogynistic way so that's important as well um but yeah you know there's organizations out there canadian women um the women's foundation of canada is one um there's um, the Rape Crisis Center in Vancouver, that's um, another one. They have resources. Um, they could also use help, you know, if you're able to donate or um, do whatever that's important to. Yeah. But again, please learn more. And... I mean, that's all I can, I can ask that, that anyone do. And there's actually more I could ask, but education is at this point, the, the easiest thing that you can accomplish. Just like I hit Google, I spent some time reading and I got upset and I read some more. Yeah. So that's important. So here we are at the end of our, our episode. I, I'll be honest, Dan, I'm sort of at this point where I think we might just sign off. Yeah, I'm all out of wise words, that's for sure. But um, please, you know, tune in again. Um, keep these conversations going. If there's ever anything that myself or, or Anna could do, please reach out. Um, we're out.